Today's podcast is brought to you by my number one choice in tires, Pirelli. And since I used to be a race car driver, I know a thing or two about tires. The iconic tire brand is known for its long tradition of innovation, advanced technologies, and high-quality products. Pirelli recently added the new Scorpion All-Season Plus 3 to its American range. Developed to go the distance, it comes with a 70,000-mile treadwear warranty. Choose more mileage, more comfort, more control with the new Scorpion All-Season Plus 3. Ask your local dealer for a tune-up. Trust me, I'm a driver. Stress raises your blood sugar. I thought this was really fascinating. I remember looking at this, you know, looking at my blood sugar, like obviously many times a day when I wore the monitor. And I remember there was a conversation that was kind of heated and I was a little amped up. And I look at the data afterwards and my blood sugar goes up just from being in a heated conversation. And I just thought that was fascinating. You know, it just shows you how all the systems are at play. This podcast exists because I love talking to people and I love going deep. The purpose is to plant seeds of inspiration. We enter a space of vulnerability and relatability. And what you realize is that we are so much more alike than we are different. To quote Ramdas, we're all just walking each other home. And the show is just one step. I'm Danica Patrick and I'm pretty intense. Welcome to the Pretty Intense Podcast. On the show today, I'm giving you recaps and lists, and everybody loves lists. So I've got a top 10 list of my top 10 things I learned about health in 2021. I have the six biohacking tips and tricks that I'm sticking with, uh, and then a top five list of general life approaches that are the most important to overall wellness in your life. Um, so it's a really dense, dense, dense information. Um, I think that, uh, hopefully there are some takeaways for, for you. Um, again, 2021 has been a huge, huge health journey for me. Um, but I feel like I've also, I've also, um, I've grown a lot in a lot of different ways. So anyway, all those lists, if you like what you hear today and you want to hear more, make sure you click on the subscribe button. 2021 has been very much a health journey for me. 2020, I had the year end, like top 20 lessons of 2020. And I felt like I got a, a lot of them. Uh, and it doesn't mean I didn't get lessons this year, but the, but the really like predominant thing that I've been dealing with this year has been health. Um, so a quick overview of like what led it there was that my cycle was delayed, um, like December, January, then I kind of skipped a couple February, March, and now I went to Egypt and I, and I do think that might have played an element, you know, when you travel abroad and you, um, you know, you, you shift times of day. I mean, I think that can definitely, um, make a difference. But I would say that uh, I would say that there was probably just issues going on. So um, anyway, then I decided I need to go see my I, at that point. I'm only new OBGYN. So I was like, all right, cycle missed, skipped. I should see an OB. So I went and I got some tests done to check my hormones and see if things were off. And he was like, oh, your thyroid's off. Then he's trying to chase it down with um, I tried a, a natural thyroid medicine. It made me feel sick and, you know, just all kinds of stuff. And he was like, you know, you should probably see a functional doctor. In the meantime, had interviewed Ben Greenfield and 
he, I asked him what, what, what would I, you know, how, how could we get, how could I get the information of how should I eat? When should I eat? How should I work out? When should I work out? All the details, like nitty gritty based on some data. And so he recommended like five or six tests. And um, so that kind of all was happening simultaneously with getting a functional doctor. The functional doctor came just after he recommended those things. So I ordered all the tests and I got them, and which was great because it's what she would have ordered anyway. And um, so she did add on a couple more, which we end up talking about a lot in um, my health download with Ben. Um, but one of them was a provoked heavy metals test. So um, we go into detail on in what that is, uh, but it basically showed that I had really, 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 really high levels of um, mercury. Um, I had other elevated elements too, like lead and thallium and cesium and something else. And anyway, so metals were an issue. Um, but basically it led into going to going into a gut protocol for three months. Cause I had leaky gut and like everything was wrong, um, wrong, meaning like, uh, inflammatory of some sort. And then after that was about getting into a chelation cycle, which is where you get the metals out of the body. Again, Ben and I talk a ton about that in the episode. Um, but uh, in the middle of it all, <laughs> I ran a marathon. So marathons are really hard on the body. Um, I mean, running in, I mean, I think the highest I saw, I think I was doing my 16 or 18 mile run and I was here in Arizona and I didn't have to do all my long runs in Arizona, thankfully, but I did do quite a few. And um, it was like peaked at like 109 degrees. And it was like, I would run from like sunrise and then just however long it took. So three hours to do this. And um, I mean, it was just super damaging on the body. It's just really hard and it's really bad for, you know, making leaky gut and gut issues worse. So, um, so I ran a marathon. So then we couldn't do the chelation until after that. And so, um, so that's kind of like what the phases were, but now what I'll say before I get into some of the lessons that I've learned this year uh, is that. I remember when all this started at the beginning of the year and hearing about the thyroid in probably was, I think it was in April. And um, I was like, oh my God, that's the answer. I have been suspicious that something has been off with my hormones for years. And I remember a few years earlier, it was like just after it was like to, beginning of 2018, I had like changed my job, changed my relationship, changed my living circumstances. So much stuff had changed. And I like I had gained a few pounds and I was like, hmm, I wonder if this is just, you know, age. My hair doesn't seem quite the same. Like, is it age? Maybe it's because I'm not racing anymore. Like there was all kinds of things. And I just attributed it to that. It was nothing super dramatic, but it was noticeable to me. And being really, really into health and wellness, like I pay really close attention to my body. I'm pretty body aware. Um, and so then when that came through, I look back and I'm like, man, it is when I go through something really emotional. So the beginning of 17, it was like, it always seems to fall some, somewhere between like four and six months after emotional stuff. So November of 17, like everything changed and November. And then, you know, I started noticing at the beginning of 18, like March time, April. And then with this, you know, I had a, you know, really bad breakup in the middle of 2020. And then like November time, November ish, I remember thinking, man, something feels like it's shifted again, like a little bit more weight gain, a little bit like, like even my face didn't even look the same. There's just so much stuff that was shifting. And, and then the cycle was the thing that really got me into the doctor because I just, 
I would give myself the same attitude that I would give other people, which is just try harder. Like maybe you should just do this. Maybe age means you just can't have as eat as much. Maybe it means you need to do a training, try a different, different kind of training. And I guess the, the kind of the sum of it all is I would just say, if you feel like something's going on with your body, because I literally thought to myself, maybe something's weird with my hormones. Um, and especially if you've had really big life changes, um, job, living, illnesses, breakups, all kinds of stuff, anything that's going to be emotionally taxing, um, just be aware that it's not just happening up here, it's happening everywhere. And um, so that'll be kind of part of one of the big lessons from, from 2021 with the health journey. But listen to the body. You're really smart. You're really intuitive. Um, and uh, I think that we're in a phase in an era of in culture where we're being asked to, to tap more into that and listen to that more and more. Um, so anyway, that's my high level overview of all the things going on. And again, Ben Greenfield and I went into it, but I mean, I, I've been getting, you know, lab draws and tests just all year. I mean, basically from April through, you know, the whole year, it's just every month, or even more often. And sometimes there's two months off, but it's just labs and labs and labs. And it takes a long time. So I'd say, you know, be patient. That's what I've learned. If I, I would have thought to myself in April of 2021 that, you know, oh my God, this, this, this one thyroid pill, boom. I like joked. I'm like, it's my diet pill. Cause when your thyroid is low, it's basically like the controlling function of your metabolism. And, uh, and it's just like, if I would have known how much more was coming on the heels of that, I would have been intimidated. But I think it's like wrapping your head around the idea that it's going to take time and it takes time to chase it and that all the systems overlap. So don't get overwhelmed. Um, just understand that the health journey is a lifelong one, but it's worth it. I'd like to go into the top 10 health lessons of 2021. So the first one I'm going to start with lesson number one, rest. Rest is just not something that I'm very good at. It's not, I, I'm always thinking to myself, try harder, do more, do another workout. I mean, shoot, in my book, Pretty Intense, I write about two workouts a day. And, you know, I'm just all about like putting in the effort. And at the end of the day, um, there's so much so much good that happens internally as well as externally with the rest. I mean, even just from a physicality standpoint, when you work out and tear those muscles apart, like you're kind of in a state of inflammation, never mind what that does to the insides with adrenals and cortisol and all that. It's, it's, it can get, I think it just really was detrimental to me to, to do so much for so long, like being someone that, I mean, wrote about no rest days, like, I don't take rest days. Um, they naturally happen as, and they do. It's not like I don't ever take a day off, but I used to just think they just happen. And so, you know, my life is a little bit more structured now. I mean, I used to structured in a way that I'm home a little bit more. So, you know, I have to really force myself to take a rest day, but I, I am learning how, how critical they are. And then coming back after rest, I mean, my God, you really do feel good. <laughs> Lesson number two is walk after you eat. So, I used a continuous blood glucose monitor uh, this summer for a couple of months. 
And it was just so informational. And what it's obviously telling you, it was like you'd scan it and you could look at your current situation on an app. And I would see that after you eat certain foods, of course, your blood sugar rises. And if I would go for a walk, it would blunt it or stop it. Like it was like, it was almost like a ticking time bomb. I'd look at this thing and I'm like checking, checking, checking. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, it's going from 80 to 90 to hundred to 110, 120. And you're like, get walking. And so, you know, it's like, you want to see what the food does to your blood sugar to see if it spikes it. But then it's like it hit a critical point. And as soon as you start moving around, it totally takes it down. So you can kind of back to back this with foods, but walking after you eat. Um, I mean, in the meadow, in the health and wellness, they call like postperennial, you know, so it's, it's super important. Um, it's really good for, it's just really good to, to, to blunt that blood sugar response so that, um, it doesn't spike, uh, on the heels of that lesson, number three, eat your fat and protein at the beginning of your meal. So this is another thing that I learned from the blood glucose monitor is that, the order of the food that you eat is really important. So if you eat your carbohydrates first, it hits your body first. And so um, eating fat and protein, but but really guys, it was like a lesson definitely in like making sure that there's fat in the meals. I could eat a meal that was like chicken and spinach and yeah, chicken and spinach kind of thing. And it would spike my blood sugar more than other meals. And I'm thinking like, it's just chicken and spinach. And that's because, you know, your, I mean, your blood does, it does change with protein. It's like, that's the only thing that doesn't have any effect. Um, but, uh, but protein does have somewhat of an effect and, um, and carbohydrate carbohydrate has even more. Um, so I'd say, make sure that you eat fat and protein at the beginning of all your meals to help with your blood sugar response with food. Lesson number four, is fasting windows. So lesson number four is 12 hour rest periods, um, between, uh, eating windows. I mean, I've, I've done so much deep diving into women and fasting windows. And, you know, there's some that do the, some that do OMAD, which is one meal every day, one, one meal, one meal every, every day. And then, um, and then there's some that do like 18 hour fast, some 16 hour fast, 14. And really what, what the, the true, like most beneficial window is 12. And, um, in my, in my review with Ben, he definitely says that for me, and especially if you're a woman in, um, in your reproductive years, that fasting window getting too long can be detrimental to your, to the body and to your hormones. Um, so 12 hours of rest between eating windows, and then the benefit of, uh, of four hours between meals, it actually kind of used to be something that I would think in my head. Cause I would eat and then I'd think, man, I'm kind of hungry. And I'd look and I'd be like, man, it's only been two hours though. I should probably hang on a little longer. So I would instinctively always think three or four hours. Um, but four hours is the point in which your bot, your stomach has been able to like turn over the bacteria. And so if you eat on top of that, which is snacking or just having meals too close, the gut bacteria doesn't have a chance to do its thing and clean out. And um, that can lead to more bloating. Um, so uh, a little add on is that, yes, I mean, the blood glucose monitor helped me learn to not snack too, because if you have anything to eat, you, you needed to check it and everything you ate did something to your blood sugar. So, um, 
12 hour fasting windows, um, uh, between, between your fasting windows and then four hours between meals. All right. Lesson number five, alcohol reduces recovery overnight. And I learned this from wearing a Garmin watch and training for the marathon. And, you know, honestly, one glass of wine can disrupt your sleep. And of course, the closer you are to, to bedtime, the worse. Cause like I would have a, if I had a glass, you know, before or like early, early, early evening, um, before I ate and, and that doesn't really matter. But if you're eating, if you're drinking a glass of wine after you eat and going to bed, even if it's a couple hours later, that wine definitely has an effect on your sleep. And so what I would see in the data is I would see, and a lot of you wear wearables, I'm sure if you give a crap about this interview at all, it's because you care about health and wellness and you probably have a wearable. Um, but if you don't, or if you isn't something you pay attention to, is your 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 HRV, your heart rate variability, or on the Garmin, it was your body battery. You could see just how elevated your heart rate was for so many hours into the beginning of the night, and then finally halfway through the night or so, it drops off, and then you finally start to get recovery. Um, but it really is detrimental. So if you're kind of on the fence about that glass of wine after dinner, just skip it. Like it's, it really, really does reduce recovery. And if there's one thing that I feel like is probably the most common, like number one thing to do for your health is to get good sleep. So I make wine, but I still would say like, skip that one glass and just save it for that night. Do you want to hit the bottle? You know, just kidding. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I do both. It's just life. Don't take it too seriously. Um, okay, number six, sweating. So number six is all about the sauna and learning just about, you know, I feel like in the back in the day I used to hear about, you know, sweat the toxins out. And I just kind of used to giggle and laugh. Like, I don't know if that's just something people said, um, but getting into, um, you know, the heavy metal detoxification that I have to do and and um, of course, there's a lot to be learned too uh, about, I mean, it's really good for cardiovascular health. I think it's uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick talks a lot about um, the benefits of heat exposure and infrared saunas. Um, but even when I've wore my garment in the, in the sauna to see what happens with my heart rate, I mean, once you start getting hot, it, same thing with a bath, your heart rate goes up. So there's cardiovascular benefit to just sitting in the heat. Um, your body has to work a lot, but in the nature of detoxification, it does help. The way we get rid of things from our body is sweating. So sweat, um, poop, pee, all those things, anything that gets out of your body, that's getting rid of toxins. So, um, that can be really helpful. And so it's, um, it's something I learned a lot about the natural way is definitely just to get out and get moving, get sweating, go in the sauna. And then if you want to upregulate that to the next level, you'd incorporate binders um, and you would take something like a charcoal pill or um, there's other supplements that include things like clay and things like that. Because when you liberate the metals in your body, you want them to have something to grab onto so you can get rid of them as opposed to being redistributed in the body. Lesson number seven, stress raises your blood sugar. I thought this was really fascinating. I remember looking at this, you know, lo looking at my blood sugar, like obviously many times a day when I wore the monitor. And I remember there was a conversation that was kind of heated and I was a little amped up and I look at the data afterwards and my blood sugar goes up just from being in a heated conversation. 
And I just thought that was fascinating. You know, it just shows you how all the systems are at play. You know, you just because you're not running or just because you didn't eat a, just because you're not lifting weights and doing something super intense because intense activity does raise the blood sugar because your body's going, we need to get this sugar readily available so that we can use it for the workout. Um, and it's not from eating a sweet potato or banana or oatmeal or something like that, that spikes my, that's spiking the blood sugar. This is purely just my emotion. When I visited Egypt, I was introduced to an expert aromacologist who explained the healing powers of various scents. I returned home with 18 bottles of powerful essences that unlocked specific feelings and had all sorts of healing properties. I became inspired to find a functional way to deliver them in a new consumer lifestyle product. Candles became my medium. Voyant means seer a reference to the inner eye chakra, one of the key energy points in the body essential to wellness and healing. Voyant is a doorway to openness and imagination, a catalyst in our daily journey. Whether you're connecting with others or enjoying alone time, Voyant strives to beautify the home and the soul to create a haven of peace and joy. The candle is delivered with a beautiful monogram 12-ounce stemless wine glass, which can be used after the wax is gone. My limited edition candle collection is available exclusively at voyantbydanica.com. So I think that's why, you know, it points in the direction so much of meditation and, and, and mindfulness practices and whatever you can do to, um, to, uh, stay calm. So, uh, so yeah, that's a bad news. Stress makes your blood sugar level go up. <laughs> uh, lesson number eight, walking lowers the blood sugar. Okay. Walking does a whole bunch of things, but walking is like the most walking, I think is underrated. It's a powerhouse tool. Um, you can do it as much as you want. You can walk as much as you want. It's a low impact, low exertion thing. And what I found fascinating was that it would actually lower my blood sugar level where, you know, super intense physical activity spikes it. This was actually lowering it. Even if food wasn't even at play, it lowers the blood sugar. So walking is really good for that. It's good. You can do it all the time. You're getting vitamin D, which is so essential. I mean, I feel like in the last couple of years, I feel like vitamin D is something that we've been hearing so much about is how beneficial that is for um, overall health. Um, and you're out in nature. Like there's just, you can there's, there's very little that can go wrong with walking. It's a really, really, really great thing. Um, and plus I use it as an extra benefit. I always take the dogs with me. They need the activity too. So get out there, get the sunshine, get it directly onto you, get it onto your skin, absorb some vitamin D and, um, and do as much of it as you want. Lesson number nine is the benefits of red light. So red light, I got the juve red light. And, um, as I learn more about it, I'm happy to try things, even if I don't necessarily always know exactly what it does. Um, but as I get it and then I learn more about it, it helps to repair and strengthen the mitochondria, which is the powerhouse of every cell of your body. And it gives you energy. It's like what the energy force is within every cell. So the red light, and it's mimicking an aspect of the sun. So um, that's why the recommendation that Ben gave me was to do it at the beginning of the day and the end of the day, sunrise, sunset to mimic um, the sun. It's a great time for your body to absorb that frequency. Um, so red light is really good for the mitochondria. 
And then on the contrary, as a little add-on, blue light. So I got some blue light blocking glasses uh, and they're cute. They're not, they don't have to be ugly. Um, I think I, I Felix Gray or something like that was the company I got them for, from. I ordered them off of Goop. I mean, what doesn't Goop have? Uh, and so blue light helps to, the reason why you want to wear it at night is because it's, it's, it's killing those, the, the blue light frequency. Um, but the other side of it is that it wakes you up. So, you know, it's not, it's not that blue light's always bad. It's just that if you want to reduce any of it, it's better to do it at night because you want to activate your melatonin. You want things to start shutting down and you don't want that stimulating frequency to, to hit, get into your eye and affect your hormones. So, um, blue light, and it also disrupts the mitochondria a little bit. So, but I, let's just stick with blue light wakes you up and, um, reducing it will help you sleep better at night, which is why they always recommend you, you know, the most, the best time to wear your glasses is at night. So I've started to do that. And lesson number 10, our whole body, it's just, there's just one system. The body is one system and everything matters. I used to look at the body as being like I had my, um, I had my emotional bucket. I have my energy bucket. Um, I have my mental bucket. Like I have all these different energy systems working and I could tap any of them at any time. It was just that I didn't want to double down on them. Like, you know, if you've got a lot of mental things going on, okay, like I can't handle another thinking activity. Right. Or if I worked my upper body yesterday, I even thought my body had different systems. I was like, well, I, I mean, my upper body's sore, but my lower body's not sore. So I can go kill that now. Um, and, and, and then, and then there's the emotions, you know, there's being tapped from doing things that are emotional. I think we can all probably understand and associate what that's all about. Whenever we get emotionally drained, I mean, we can feel that in our whole body, but um, it's just kind of a reminder that the, everything is working together and in unison and it matters. The biggest thing I've learned with like the functional medicine route is that not only from the uptake forms that you have to do before, they're asking things like, I mean, the questions are like, what do you remember? What, how was your childbirth? You know, things like that. They, they want to know what kind of imprinting is happening from the very beginning. So everything matters. And I suppose, you know, in, if I'm going to sum up probably the, the sum of my, my health journey so far this year is that initially it seems like, oh, my cycle's off. And then it's like, oh, maybe it's a thyroid. And now I'm like, okay, I actually think maybe now after all this testing, it might actually be the heavy metal toxins because, the heavy metals are reducing my gut health and uh, liver function, and T4 is converted into T3, and T3 is the available energy that we use from the thyroid in the liver and in the gut. So if those things aren't working, it doesn't convert. It's not that I was low on T4, I'm low on T3, the available the available aspect of the thyroid um, that produces energy. And so... Um, Anyway, the point is, is that it's very complicated. Everything is working in unison. And I think it really goes back to lesson number one, which is rest, like by default rest. And I don't mean be a glutton. It doesn't mean and sit around and eat pizza and whatever else, but like you can walk as much as you want. So walking sunlight, nourishing your body with really healthy things. I encourage people to take some tests, like take a blood panel, figure out what's going on. Um, I, if you're going to pay for your health sooner or later, 
And, um, you know, part of the, part of the advice from Ben just had a lot to do with, you know, looking after your health as it goes and doing things weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly, instead of getting to the point where it's all summed up into one. And that's kind of where I ended up is it all got summed up into one. And I now will be on a much more frequent protocol with a lot of different things so that I don't ever have to be in this position again. Um, but to sum it up, yeah, the body, it's just one motherboard system. And that by default rest is a really smart thing. If you even think you're overdoing it, you probably are. Now I'd like to share uh, the top six, I would call them more biohacking uh, modalities that I really believe in and that I've tested and that I've used or I've done. And I think they're really beneficial. Um, so number one, I, I totally believe in the juve red light or whatever red light you want. I really believe in that. Um, I think it actually I don't know, call me crazy. I feel like it almost changes the texture of my skin and makes it smoother. Um, but it's helping your mitochondrial function and mitochondria is the, the powerhouse of the cell that creates energy. So anything that we can do to help with the mitochondria is a good idea. So red light, I'm sticking with it. Um, number two is infrared sauna. There's lots of lots of uh, good data out there about all of the more nitty gritty details and what the infrared sauna does. But in general, it's really good for cardiovascular health, cardiovascular health, and it's also really good for detoxing. And I think in this sort of day and age that we live in, it's almost impossible to avoid um, toxins. Like we're walking outside of our car, we're getting on an airplane, you, you name it. It's there's toxins. And so to, to conjoin the sauna with also a little bit of binder too, I think is a great, great practice, charcoal, clay, something like that to, uh, to bind the bind it bind to, um, so that the heavy metals get excreted. Number three, magnesium. You know, magnesium is just one of those things. It's kind of hard to get enough of. Um, even in all of my blood tests and testing, magnesium is something that has been low in me, even with supplementation. Um, so I would say that probably magnesium is another really, um, really great added um, uh, supplement that um, it's hard to get enough of um, that really helps you with to feel better energy function. They're helpful for detoxification pathways too. So magnesium, great one. Number four, uh, vitamin D plus K2. Vitamin D is something especially, I think that if they say if you're north of, I don't even know, it might even be like Atlanta, Georgia or something. It's pretty far south. But if you're north anywhere of that, that for a for a general portion of the year when it's obviously cold and, and snowy in some spots, you're just not going to be able to get vitamin D. You're going to have to supplement it. So there's some places you can get enough vitamin D, but even for me living in Arizona, I still didn't get enough vitamin D. And I mean, I go outside, I don't even wear sunscreen. So like, even if there was an idea that sunscreen was blocking vitamin D absorption, I don't really wear any. So, um, so I think a vitamin D supplement is an excellent thing to add on to your regular protocol. Number five, uh, the quality of your water. So I'm talking about everything from the way, it, from what it comes in to what you put in it. So um, I currently have a little protocol with um, my, oh my God, my giant, giant jug, my gallon jug of water, um, where I add in um, minerals, 
Uh, I add in, um, sometimes I put electrolytes in there too. Um, so I just like stack my water as I use a reverse osmosis system, um, to really clean the water. But of course, when you clean it, just like if you clean the body, you reduce, you get rid of other things too. So, um, you're reducing the mineral content by nature with the reverse osmosis. So minerals, electrolytes, um, but really looking at the, 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 the water itself and then the, the container it's in, like, I can't tell you how worried I was, how many friggin' bottles of plastic bottles of water I drank in my career. Like I just got handled another water bottle and then another water bottle and another water bottle. And that's what I drank in my bus when I'd be traveling. And I try and do a better job of refilling water bottles, not defaulting to getting a bottle of water out somewhere. I don't care if it's your Essentia or whatever Evian, like it's still in a plastic bottle. So as much as you can do to get your water into, into glass and into water bottles, reducing plastics, I think is a great idea. So quality of the water is important. Therabody boots. Okay. So when I trained for the marathon, um, my friend got these Therabody boots. We went to the CrossFit games and she loved them. And I thought, okay, fine. And they just pressurize from your foot, from your toes, all the way up to the top of your leg and they release and they just keep cycling it. And, um, to sort of flush your legs out and, and get them to, um, not feel so sore. And so I didn't really believe in the boots until, her and I ran, it was the last run we did in Chicago. And it was, I think we did like 16 miles or something like that. It was kind of like the last long run. We had already done 20. So it was like a little bit less, maybe we even ran 14. It was kind of a warm day, get back. We slip into the boots. And I mean, my legs are pretty sore and running the 16 and the 18 and the 20, like my legs could be, were pretty sore. Um, but I put them in after that. And I went from not really being able to walk very well to, walking just fine. And I was like, okay, wow, these things work. So especially like right after a hard workout, especially obviously if it's lower body, it's insanely beneficial. I'm talking about if you're doing your biking, running, weightlifting, you name it, anything with the lower body that's taxing, put these boots on afterwards for, I mean, I put it of course at like 30 minutes, max pressure. Um, but anyway, it works. So Therabody boots are awesome. So those are my top six, the red light, infrared sauna, magnesium, vitamin D, quality water, and Therabody boots. I've covered, you know, my top 10, like health lessons of the year. I covered the more, um, biohacking top tips and things that I'm going to stick with that I like. Um, and then of course, a long, long explanation into the depths of more of my labs and all the things I have going on with Ben Greenfield. Um, I think it's, I think it's a good idea to just recap, just in totality. So here are the top five best life practices. Number one, eat real food. I mean, it, it's just simple. Just eat real food. Don't try and supplement shortcut, but eat real food and eat mostly paleo. I mean, paleo is a great diet because it's mostly a whole foods diet. So, you know, all else fails. I even think to myself, if like, if I have time, if I'm running out and I have to grab something, it's like, should I eat a half of an avocado or should I just grab a bar? And you're like, just take the two seconds and just eat the avocado, like eat the real food. Even if like you're thinking, well, there's no protein in that. It's like, they still, the body recognizes real food. So eat real food. And paleo is a great place to start. If you're not sure what diet's best for you. Number two, movement, 
just move. Like, honestly, just throughout the day, as I said, walking, you can do as much of that as you want, but also like just getting up in the middle of the day and just taking a walk. I think people probably wear wearables. I think they tell you to get up. They give you, you know, step counts and stuff. That's all great. Um, but anything to just kind of get up regularly throughout the day and just move around, you know, one of the additional things I learned, I had talked about in my, in my lessons that walking will reduce your blood sugar spike after eating. But what I found too, was that not only just walking, but getting up. So if I got up and I did dishes, I cleaned the house, I did laundry, whatever it is, if you just get up and move around, it also does a pretty damn good job. So just general movement, general movement and walking is um, by default, the best thing that you can do every day, get some movement, go for a walk, get in nature, get some sunshine. Number three, most important thing is sleep. I add sleep because I know it's important. Um, and I definitely was able to see with my, with my Garmin wearable, like what it looked like with, um, not recovering in sleep. And even my friends who did the marathon with me and wore their watches, they could see if they were getting sick. I mean, it was starting to indicate things like that. So, um, I think that, you know, sleep is obviously something to talk about. I'm only just sort of saying all this because I'm a pretty good sleeper, um, which I feel really fortunate about, but, but that's like the number one thing in life is just if you if you if you're not getting enough sleep, you should really figure out how to try and get more. And then if you're not able to sleep, you should obviously be trying to figure out how to get better. And, you know, I do think that there's an emotional element to it. I mean, that's just my two cents, but there's a lot of stuff that goes on in people's heads and you do a lot of thinking if it requires putting a notepad next to your bed so you can write things down fine, but it also can get into the deeper levels where, you know, there's just things going on in life and things that you're really questioning and worried about. And, you know, all of that worry will, will, will make sleep tougher. You know, maybe you can't stay asleep. I've definitely had those waves where, you know, I can fall asleep pretty easy, but you know, I don't stay asleep and I'm waking up and I'm getting five hours of sleep. And I wake up at 5am or 6am because I went to bed at one and I'm like, I'm up. And, you know, I probably should be able to sleep more than that. So it's, it's happened, but I, I generally am a pretty decent sleeper, but I also think probably if I have a top tip for sleeping is, um, outside of the emotional stuff is, um, make it cold make your room cold. I tell you what I have slept. If if the room is, I try and target 66 to 68. Um, if the room, it should feel a little bit cold when you go to bed, but if the room is 70, 71, I mean, I'll know it. I won't be able to sleep, but if the room is like 58, I'll just sleep like a, like a bear. Like it is not a problem if it's on the cold side versus the hot side, but if it's on the hot side, it's much harder. So there's a lot of evidence around this, but definitely getting the room cool enough, I think is like the top first tip I'd give anyone. Um, number four is stress management. So this is where like just mindful modalities come into it. And so, I mean, there's somebody that's going to be like, learn how to meditate. They're going to be like someone that's going to say something else. Someone's going to say, do your cold shower, do your, do your sauna, do your, whatever, do your gratitude practice, make your five, you know, things that you want to accomplish that day and what you're grateful for. There's a million different things that you can do. And the truth is, is that you just need to figure out which one works for you. 
So um, some people it's meditation, some people it's a walk, some people it's going to be, you know, a gratitude practice. Sometimes it's prayer, Um, whatever it is, you just got to figure out what works for you. And sometimes it's breathing. I mean, I had Wim Hof on, he was telling, he talked about all the benefits of, you know, breathing and breathing is a super powerful tool. I mean, you can pretty much get yourself high with breathing. So, um, so that's another tool. So it's really just about what do you do to decompress? What is your stress management tool? Um, you know, for me, it's like a couple deep breaths really helps. And just a walk, like for me, a stress management tool, that's the best is just taking a walk. Um, so, and probably because of what I've mentioned already, which is that lowers blood sugar, it's probably lowering cortisol and it's relieving the adrenals from all the work that it has to do. So, um, I do think that, that finding your stress management tool is critical and it could, it might take some time, but it's useful for life then. Uh, and number five is in general, life is about perception and I'm sorry, but that's all on you, AKA all on me. My life is my fault. Your life is your fault. It just is. It's your, it's your, it's the power of perception. And I know that like shitty things happen, but also haven't we met those people that have shitty things happening in their life? And they're like, you know what? I'm really grateful. It's given me a deeper connection with this person, or I've learned so much, or I have things in perspective. Now there's always a way to flip it. And it's okay to feel it for a minute. I don't think it's all, it's not about spiritual bypassing or acting like everything's okay and pushing things down. It's about looking at what's really happening and then going, give yourself a window. I don't know. Maybe it's, I mean, I think I was listening to Tony Robbins say he gives himself like 90 seconds to worry about something. I give myself a day or two. So, you know, I'm not Tony Robbins yet, but you know, like give yourself a certain amount of time in which you're going to allow yourself to, um, be in a space, um, and then, and then snap out of it and understand that your life is all about your perception and that will trickle into everything else that happens in your life because your perception becomes your energy. Your energy carries a frequency and your frequency is attracting your, your world to you. So if you've got a lot of problems, you're going to keep finding a lot of problems. If you, if you feel amazing and you're really like loving and hopeful and optimistic, you're probably going to get a lot more of that and a lot more people of that same mindset. So eat real food, move all day, every day, get good sleep, figure out your stress management tool, and never underestimate the power of perception on your life. Thanks everybody for listening to the Pretty Intense podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you heard today and you want to hear more, please click on the subscribe button.